0: welcome back to the podcast this is the life beyond the summit faith journey podcast for men i'm your host steve kautas and today we have a very very special guest in the studio the name meant not much to you but hopefully it will after we're through with this conversation john shepherd is with us and let me just give you a little background on john john is actually he and his wife kelly are very good friends of my daughter and her husband and they met while they were on staff together at the same church here in St. Louis. Um, and John has been in ministry for 15 years. But what's particularly interesting about John to me is that he, at 30 years of age, already has his master's degree and has enrolled at Liberty University to begin his Ph.D. Uh, training and to get his Ph.D. And I guess it would be what, John? What is your Ph.D. going to be in? A uh, in-
1: Biblical Exposition
0: biblical exposition and the time that I've, he's been in town for uh, 10 days or more to see friends and family. They've moved to Florida to get ready for this educational transition. But I'm, I'm just taken back by how uh, astute John is. He's got this, I just, before we went on the air, I I said to him, he reminds me of Yoda (laughs) because Yoda had this quiet confidence. I hope that's all right to make the, uh, and I talk backwards. Yeah. And he talks, yeah, he talks, no, he doesn't talk backwards. But the point is, He's got this still, quiet confidence, and I love the fact that he has a theological background. So I'm going to let him tell us a little bit about his ministry experience, but these last 15 years, at 30 years of age, he really has spent half of his life already in ministry, much of which initially was volunteer. But John, take off from there and tell us a little bit about your your past or your background, and then we're going to talk about the topic that we're after today that John will be very helpful in assisting us with. So go ahead, John.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, have been working at churches most of my life. I mean, I've worked in several different places, but I I initially had stage fright really bad. So I was... That's hard to believe. Yeah, I know. I was terrified of getting in front of people um, to the point where... I felt like I wanted to get involved, but I was so scared to be in front of people. I I joined the puppet ministry for, I know it was, it was like, Hey, my friend wanted, you know, my friend, Andrew, I was like, Hey, you want to do this together? So we, we did that for a year. Eventually I found tech. Um, So I served in tech starting in like fourth grade all the way through, you know, eighth grade. I got into music and did music, you know, for the, you know, worship teams and things. And then eventually when I was, I think I was 16, I was it was sixteen or, or seventeen when I officially was hired um, to run the yeah, middle school, high school, and college tech and worship. So, um, and yeah, and from there I've just been in professional ministry in different roles, and um, I've done some you know associate pastor roles. I've done a lot of student ministries. Probably been the the main thing. Some student ministry consulting, uh, but in general, my passion is is theology, is biblical studies and theology. And so that's what my degrees are in. That's what I primarily do. And even in student ministry. I've made a kind of a goal of doing relational student ministry where students are free to ask absolutely anything. So very open forum Q and As. I, I love that stuff, and so just helping people take steps forward in their in their journey with Jesus.
0: I um, think, audience, if you if you were listening carefully, one of the things he's already done at this young age is uh, he's done count. He's done. Uh, I'm sorry. He's done. Um, not what was it? Not counseling. It is uh, consulting. Consulting. Yeah. At, at this young age, this young man, and I have the distinct uh, privilege of having been around him for ten days. He's been a guest in our home while he's here visiting, just to keep their travel costs down. But I've I've had enough conversation with him to know that, that he is really incredibly astute, and he's beyond his his years in his knowledge and understanding of scripture. Um So today, what we want to talk about uh it is. The notion of the tree of life. So, it, just as a little uh, background, the last three podcasts have been related to uh, what it, what, what, mystique, what must we do to follow the master? You know, it, uh, what's required of us? We've talked about the vine and the branches. We've talked about the rich young ruler. Um, I, I asked on one of the podcasts, what is it going to take for us to really understand and get with the program? And one of the, one of the issues that was raised during this conversation we had a few days ago was the notion of the tree of life. And so, John, I want, I really want to draw from you on that topic as it relates to I am the vine, you know, John, the reference we use was John 15, one through 11, and we've used other references in scripture verses, but I really want to drive home the notion of really connecting, understanding that connection and then driving all of us as listeners and partakers, you and I in this podcast to a place of understanding how do we remain connected, how do we grow in our faith, how do we experience real faith, how do we experience success on a spiritual level. So let's kind of you know dive into that. I, one of the things I'm really impressed with is John requires very little preparation. We talked about it. He's ready. He's on it. And that should say something to all of us. How could he be ready and on it in short notice because he's connected to the vine? So John, sure, let's sure. talk about it.
1: Yeah, I, I thought, um, we talked about this last week, you were, you had just recorded last week's podcast and, um, you were, you're asking me some questions and I was like, okay, let's, let's, would it be helpful to give kind of a fuller biblical understanding of what Jesus was trying to talk about? And so Jesus obviously in, in his day, his Bible or his scriptures was the Hebrew scriptures. It was the, what we call today, the old Testament. So, um, you know, he's not. It's not being written as he's talking. You know, he's referring to things that have come before him, mm-hmm. um, and we often, you know, in modern days, we like to connect the the Old Testament and the New Testament as one, you know, library, which it, it is. But for Jesus, you know, most of the the references that you know Jesus, the apostles, they were making reference to things that happened in the Hebrew scriptures, and so um, what Jesus is saying here is not a. A new thing in in one sense, um, but he's connecting himself to what's being claimed in the Hebrew scriptures. You get that uh, later dates um, in, in the book of Luke and things where Jesus is explaining how he, like the whole thing, the whole Old Testament is all pointing to him. Um, and so he's making that claim about himself. And this is one of those moments, obviously this is an I am statement, an ego e me Statement, you know, I am the vine. So even in, in that statement, he's he's connecting himself to, um, to God. You know, I am more than just a human. I am the human, the God. You know, mm-hmm. I am both. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he makes this this claim about being, you know, the vine. Um, but this is a, an image that is connected throughout the whole Hebrew scriptures. And in in I made the statement to you, you know that the Bible is kind of a book between two trees. There's the tree of life at the beginning of the Bible, mm-hmm. and then there's a tree of, or two trees of life, actually, at the very end of the Bible. Um, and throughout the whole thing, there's this this connection, this theme that the authors have weaved throughout all of the books of the trees, this, um, this garden metaphor. There's so many things that point back to the idea um, of the Garden of Eden and what that was, you know, supposed to, image or what it was supposed to be and how humans and God mm-hmm. were to relate with each other. Um, and you get Jesus replaying again, you know, how humans and God are supposed to relate with each other here. Um, and yeah, so I, I just wanted to kind of maybe, you know, and maybe you can ask some questions as, as we talk. Sure. But um, yeah, walk us through the the garden narrative a little bit, what what happens there, and then how that is connected to what mm-hmm. Jesus is saying mm-hmm. here. Um, in, in John, so so uh,
0: I want to just say this as we go, and I I'll probably say this one or two times as we go along. So, audience, as you as you become enamored, I, I don't want to make this about John, but listen, you're going to be enamored with this young man's knowledge, and here's the key the the principal key to take away from this is we're, we'll be enamored because he's he's onto something here, and it's not it's not that he's onto one specific thread. But he's on to the totality of it, and and that's where we all need to find ourselves. And I would tell you, talking to John, he has made himself a student of his relationship with Christ, but not just a student of his relationship with Christ, but also a student of God's Word, which is the spoken, the written Word of, of Jesus Christ, of the Lord, as, as given to man, as inspired by God, but written through the hand of man. But th- that's important for us to recognize, because... We too actually can get to where John and many others are if we simply, this is the whole notion that Andrew Platts, my co-host normally in studio, we've talked about this many, time. we will, many times, we will not escape. If we want a deep relationship with God, a deep knowledge of God, a deep relationship and understanding and, and experience with God, we have to know him through prayer and very importantly, the word of God. So John, I just wanted to inject that because yeah. I'm already enamored, John, just in these few minutes. But I, you know, audience, I, I didn't invite him to be enamored. I invited him because he is a, a student of theology. He's a theologian and he's a man of God and he's had a breadth of experience that exceeds most, I mean, 15 years, half of his life already in ministry, albeit a, a, any number of those years in volunteer, but having gotten an undergraduate degree and a master's and now per, pursuing this PhD. So we don't all have to take, take that same track but the spirit of who John is, we all need to embrace, and that is a man after God's own heart. So uh, go ahead, John. I yeah, well, just wanted and, to throw that out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I certainly don't know everything. I think uh, I know you don't, I've been connected saying. to a lot of mentors that have helped me, and I guess that would be my advice would be you know, not everyone should be a theologian. Not everyone should be right. a biblical scholar. That's a, that would, there'd be too much of that one <laughs> thing. I would like people to work it grocery stores and farms. And, you know, I, I love the fact that we all are called to different things, but, um, as we walk forward, it is always good to have, um, those people. And so just like for me, I have, you know, physici- physicians and things like that, that I know that I can contact when I need help in their fields. It's good to know someone that, yeah, has a deeper, more professional knowledge of something like this that they can connect when they have questions in my field. So,
0: well, and you know, the other benefit is, of course, we we also said this before the podcast, and that is the notion that it's easy without a, a deeper understanding. It's easy to take things out of context, and so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna put some contextual uh, to this so that we understand what was being said, why it was being said, and how significant what was said is. So John I'm sorry I, I yeah. just wanted to inject that but go ahead.
1: So yeah I mean so the the Bible as we call it today um we we place the the story of Genesis this this beginnings um and right at the beginning of it there is this garden and God it's you know we got two creation narratives back to back so you got Genesis you know, one through two, four. Um, The numbers are not very helpful in this situation because they they break improperly. Um, And then, yeah, you've got roughly Genesis 2 and 3. So, uh, this is the story of the kind of this cosmic creation narrative in Genesis 1 where God is establishing a, you know, himself as the king of this cosmic temple. You know, it's very, you know, you have to go back into deep uh, literature understandings of, of these um, cultures that are going on right there and how this is interacting. This is all sorts of stuff going on in Genesis 1. And then it gets into Genesis 2 and it has this new you know, perspective um, where we're going to kind of dive into the creation of certain things and, and how human beings and God um, are going to interrelate. You know, God makes this special creation and he's giving them them a job. Um, and, and, and there's a location. And so we have this garden, um, Genesis two, nine, it says out of the ground, the Lord caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life is also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or good and bad. It's this, you know, this understanding. This is a, a, a it's like a phrase that means, um, wisdom. Like this is a person who, who knows things? And if you don't have the knowledge of good and bad, if you don't have this, you are an infant or a child. You're 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 not there yet. You still need someone to assist you in acquiring wisdom. And so Adam and Eve are placed here, and they're kind of representing uh, people who don't have this yet. So they are they are to go to God. They're to trust God for the the gaining of knowledge, the gaining of wisdom. Um, and God is going to provide for them. He, he gives them food. He gives them a, a role. He gives them an identity. This is what you're supposed to do. Um, he's, he's bringing humans to be his coworkers. Uh, and this tree dilemma, this test is, are you going to come to me, the tree of life, and come to me for growth and wisdom and sus- sustaining your own life, or are you going to try to take for yourself wisdom and take it on your own terms? And so um, there's this test that goes on, and, and as we know, humans fail it quite quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and and you know, you 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 can get all into the weeds of this, but this is kind of this first image of I want humans to partner with me. I want to give them wisdom. I want to grow. The, you know, I want them to trust in me. The test is: Do you trust God? Are you going to trust God to fulfill what you need, or are you going to try to take it on your own terms? And this gets played out um, in almost every single narrative from there on, um, throughout Genesis and throughout the Exodus and through the the whole Torah and all that. So um, this is kind of the the setup, um, and if you want to just do a fun word search sometimes, you can just look up this word eights. It's the word for tree here, Um, and it just means basically any sort of like woody tree-like thing that's that's semi-large you know like you know knee higher or bigger or so um and there's just that word alone there's 326 of them so um and it's just throughout and you can look through and, and maybe you want to just get a you know a brown highlighter a green highlighter and just highlight it in your bible um or if you use a uh digital Bible like I do, you can highlight them all at one time, which is really helpful. Um, but you'll see it throughout the whole thing. Genesis 1 has, let's see, yeah, like four four calls to it, three calls to it. Genesis 2, it's a bunch there. So, um, it just gets all throughout, and it's this theme of um, God is, is seen as the tree of life, and then humans are seen as the tree of life. You see this in the uh, Abraham, um, you know, we, we actually can be trees of life or trees of knowledge of good and evil ourselves. You see this with uh, uh, Abraham. He's going through uh, this foreign country, and he's worried about his own life. He's worried he's going to get killed. And so he pretends that his wife is not his wife because he knows she's attractive. Um, and you get this same sort of imagery, this, well, they saw her, and they saw that she was pleasing to the eye. The same sort of vocabulary you get where with Adam and Eve, and they saw the, the fruit of the tree and it was oh pleasing yeah. to the eye. Um, and now they, the human being has actually become the tempting tree. You know, they have become the, the, the tree and the serpent themselves. And so you get these sorts of things weaving all the way through that God is calling us to be trees of life. He wants us to be life giving mm. trees that we are, we're producing good fruit and we are blessing and, you know, I'm going to make you a a nation of blessing that's going to bless other nations. That's your purpose. Um, And and so the goal, I think, um, as we're reading through scripture is watching these narratives replay on how human beings are constantly being invited by God to become blessing trees, to become trees of life, for everyone else, and, and eventually spread that, and, and you know, ultimately become—I don't know what terminology you want to use to continue—but a grove of trees of life. Um, but we constantly are failing this test, and failing this test, and failing this test, and it and it goes through the whole thing until Jesus. Mm-hmm. And really, Jesus is the first mark that um, changes. He he actually lives up to the name. He becomes um, a tree of life, and. He offers good fruit to everyone, and he invites us once again to become partners with him, to become part of the life-giving fruit, the life-giving tree um, that becomes a blessing for the world. So this is this long narrative, and you know you got you know a thousand pages to read to to see all the connections, um, but it's it's through the whole thing, and it's weaving it all the way through Jesus and beyond.
0: And it sounds like it really, I mean, really at the at the core of this, John is getting catching a glimpse of that to the point a glimpse and beyond so that our lives can really be focused on purpose being on purpose on purpose. I mean, what yeah. what is the purpose for which we were created? It's, it's what you just stated. You know, I, I often, in fact, in our conversation earlier, I, I had talked about the notion that I think too often we overlook, we spend all our time in the garden, but prior to the garden, was the way we were created, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made built for this beautiful relationship with God. And we were sinless and and we, t- we tend not to, it's you're, you're the way you put it was, you said, we tend not to view the first few chapters of Genesis. We look at the, the fall and beyond. And in doing so, well, that's all part of scripture, but we're missing out from my perspective. We're missing out on what the core purpose from the get-go was. And I'm I call it, I refer to, and I think I said this to you when we conversed about it, I refer to it as the prefall Steve or the prefall John, or you put your name, if you're listening to this podcast, put your name in front of pre-fall. That's who you really are. And I think to what you're saying, John, the notion of the tree of life, if we can only catch a glimpse of what he's saying, even a glimpse will set us free. But unfortunately, you know, most of us really struggle. Most people that we know, in fact, um, I might share if it's right with you, John. These these interesting statistics. Sure. So you would probably agree, John, that part of the vine is staying connected to God's word, right? That's he, the word, the sp- the written word. Am I saying this correctly? The written word is a part of that vine.
1: I would say that the word of God, this you know, this written testimony that we have is a firm option. This is one of the most direct and accessible ways to engage in this thing that's bigger than any individual human. This, this, Tradition of being a part of the family of God. It's connecting us to the past, to the future, giving us identity, purpose, Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, sure. There's there's other ways. Obviously, scripture was meant to be read and listened to primarily, and this is a it's a communal literature. It's supposed to be read together and and processed with multiple people. Um, But knowing the foundation of it and knowing the stories is is part of uh, the very essence of how we connect and understand who God is. You know, this is a revelatory, you know, word. This Mm -hmm. is how we hear Mm -hmm. from God. Um, And, and yeah, you can, there's other ways you talk about, you know, worship, talk about prayer, talk about things like, you know, studying. Obviously I read a lot of books that are not the Bible. A lot of other theologians and people that have processed this. Are well-spoken. Yeah. And that helps me, you know, again, join in that communal understanding of what it is to read, to read scripture. But you can't, Lose it. I mean, it, it is the foundation of what we do. Yeah.
0: So to that end, I read a statistic, and I'll I'll just read it to you. This is, um, uh, it's actually called the Pounce Foundation. I if I part of it's clipped off here, unfortunately, but let me just read this to you anyway. Um, uh, it says Christians don't read the, their Bibles. it's kind of the title. It says over two billion Christians are in the world, and less than thirty percent will ever read through the entire Bible. I mean, that's a big word we'll ever read through the entire Bible statistically. The fact fact is that over 82% of Christian Americans only read their Bibles on Sundays while in church. A little over 20 years ago, Gallup released the results of a major study indicating that 86% of Americans claim to be Christian, although only 70% of those admitted being born again according to biblical measure. The study also shows that in evangelical churches throughout the United States, statistics show that 36% of those who attend churches weekly uh, indicate that believing in Jesus Christ is the only true way to heaven. Now, that's that's an alarming statistic. Only 36% of us who claim to be Christians believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And yet, John, before our eyes and in most of our homes, there's at least... I, there are statistics on this too, but many homes, I can tell you that I personally own about six Bibles. There's no brag there. I have different translations. I have different study Bibles, You know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So in my household, in my possession, I have six. Susie Pi has three or four. So in our household, there are 10. And yet, look at this statistic. When you have the word in front of you, and yet you, the 36% of us believe that Jesus Christ is Only 36% believe that he's the only way to heaven. A shocking 57% of American Christians believe other religions can lead to eternal life. One of the main reasons why American Christians don't read their Bibles is only 22% of them believe the Bible is fully inspired by God himself and written by men who have divinely appointed by the Lord Almighty. Over one in four American Christians believe the Bible is a book written by mere men, mere mortals. Not at all the word of God. Wow. 25% of American Christians believe that. So, John, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to love, to, I'd love to hear how your journey found yourself. I mean, I don't want to dissuade, I just want to, want to get this. So, what is different about John that he has discovered such a love for God's word? Cause this is important. Not only is he knowledgeable, but he's knowledgeable because he's been attracted to the vine. So, so John, can you tell us a little bit about, um, your testimony, how it is that you've come to such a deep desire to know Him and be known by Him?
1: Yeah, um, growing up, uh, my parents joined the church. I, I you know, they had gone to church previously. It wasn't like they had never heard of it, um, but they mostly joined because they wanted us kids to grow up in a in a you know, moral community or whatever mm-hmm. words you want to use that probably is unfair. Um, but yeah, I wanted to grow up in the church, you know, we grew up there. We felt like it was good. We want you to do that. And so, you know, you grow up hearing stories and, uh, going to what we call children's church. Um, and you just hear stories and and, and that's a good thing. I mean, it's a foundation to, to hear stories of impact and life and it's a way we acquire wisdom. Uh, as we kind of develop our own story. But I, I think at some point um, I felt like this is a, a path that I want to go down. So maybe there's a, a moment, you know, for me it was third grade. I remember where I was. Um, and, yeah, I just went up to our children's pastor and was like, hey, you, you've been talking about Jesus for a few years now, and I've been listening, and he sounds like a really cool guy, and I want to follow this thing. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it was very childlike at that time, childlike, uh Understanding and faith, but um, it it was a a story of love and passion and grace and someone who would do things for other people um, with just abundant love. And so, this was something that was interesting to me. This was um, at that point very very childlike. But as I grew up, you know, as we all do, we come into our first trials and difficulties, and, and mm-hmm. some people have these from the very get-go. Um, I was fortunately relatively um, sheltered from a lot of pain for, for a long time. But, you know, no matter what your lifestyle is, you you run into pain. Uh, you start having all sorts of feelings and, uh, you know, emotions and, and all sorts of things. And you hit middle school and high school. And all of a sudden, I was being introduced to questions that the childlike answers didn't suffice for, and so mm-hmm. uh, just because the Bible says so or something like that, just it just it's not a, enough. Yeah, it's not enough. It doesn't no. answer the question. And I was always very skeptical, and I, I, I have a you know a mind of I no I want to really get to the root of what is what that question means and why it matters and how that's going to affect my life. And so I was getting questions from both friends at school, from my own, you know, study and reading or watching things, uh, you know, on YouTube or whatever. Um, and I eventually found this series, uh, from, ministries called Summit Ministries over in Colorado. Uh, and they just, they have lectures on worldview and what other people believe and, and all these things. And so I was, I was probably 13 maybe when I heard these at first. Oh. Um, and so I start learning, like, oh, this is what other people believe, and this is why they believe, and, and, and why sh- why do I believe what I believe, and should I actually could I actually defend that if someone were to say, hey, why do you believe what you believe, um, or do you just do it out of convenience? You know, your family does it, or or whatever. Um, and so I just started asking these questions, hearing these things, exploring. And so I got into um, to reading more theology watching videos. Fortunately, I grew up in a digital age where I can, you know, access lots and lots of, you know, video library resources on these things. Mm -hmm. And then I had a a mentor. His name was uh, Poker. Uh, It's his nickname, but that's what he's gone by since he was like six years old. So, um, (laughs) and he was, yeah, he was, he was consulting as the, you know, kind of middle school interim pastor at my church. And I, I went up to him and I just said, Hey, if I come early While you're prepping, can I just sit in your office and ask questions? Um, and so for a solid, you know, six to six months to eight months, however long he was there, I just showed up on Wednesdays, you know, three, four hours (laughs) early for, for our Wednesday services. And just ask some questions. Hey, what about this? What about this passage? What, you know, what 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 is what happens when you have a friend who believes this? Or how could I answer this question? Um, and I just became a, a sponge for this sort of thing. And so for a solid decade, really, um, I just asked questions. I mean, I still do. It's not like I stopped asking questions. Um, but my faith hit a massive growth spike of. Just learning things, just seeing other perspectives, and then you know, as I got into professional ministry, I got to hear more people's issues and what's going on behind the the curtains, and 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 pushed me even further to learn things. And you know, my own life gets complicated, and it pushes me even further to learn things. And so, I, I think I just adopted a policy pretty young of I'm not going to be satisfied with um, not having any clue what i'm talking about on something wow you know so it doesn't mean i have to be an expert on everything but if something bothers me or if something is a question i'm not going to just like put it on the bedside table i'm gonna explore until i at least kind of get a grasp of okay i I get what's happening here i understand the question um Mm -hmm. and so yeah so from personally doing that from professionally doing that Uh, It's just been a a lived experience to where I've fallen in love with the Bible and scriptures and, and, you know, our our history and theology and all the things.
0: So you don't necessarily have this wild eyed testimony of having experienced deep darkness in your life and drugs and sex and all the rest of it. And you found yourself broken and on your knees. You, you. Probably don't remember when you do you remember? Well, you said you were 13. Yeah,
1: no, I was, uh, I was, or were you in third grade? Third grade is when I would say, I when you accepted, you know, I asked Jesus, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I think everyone goes through cycles, and so it's one of those things where while perhaps I have followed Jesus throughout all of it, um, yeah, of course, there's times in your life that are really. Crummy, and you're like, man, right? What God? What are What are you doing here? Are you is this you? Is this me? Is you know? And you have all those questions. But I think, uh, I, I mean, maybe it's just a, a gift. But I've always leaned on my faith and my relationship with God through those hard times. So when when things get really bad, you know, when you have a bad breakup, when you know, when you I mean, I've never lost a job, but you know, like when things at at your work are getting really hard and you're just overwhelmed and stressed and you're not sure if you can do it. um, Yeah, I I don't know if it's just a a me thing or what, but yeah, I've always just turned to God. And um, I I think prayer for me is not a... uh, Private liturgical type practice. It's just kind of an everyday conversation, and so I, I'm constantly, you know, speaking out my thoughts and interacting, and you know, asking God things, and um, so yeah. So it's just a. I don't. I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. I mean, um, I think
0: the reason I wanted to kind of jump that direction for a moment was here. You're sharing this deep threaded understanding of the tree of life. You know, the the very source of life itself. And so it seemed like a natural to take that to an application level from an understanding intellectually and theologically as you have to see how that applied and what really started all that. And I and so I think, of course, the the obvious uh, uh, part for all of us that are me as a listener to John and you as a listener on the podcast, the the audience, it, the takeaway can be: can 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 we get here? Can we go to where John has gone? Can we? can we stir within ourselves a desire to know more and to be set free through that knowledge. And I, you know, I'm I, as I sit here and spend the last 10 days with John, not every moment he's been mostly with my kids and with other friends of theirs, but the time I've spent with John has been so rich. Uh, two days ago, I think it was two days ago, we spent about two and a half hours, John. Mm-hmm. And I, I will tell you, uh, we, I asked lots of questions uh, not necessarily that I didn't have my own answers for, but I wanted to hear his perspective. But I left that. I don't, probably you didn't, John. But I left that worn out. It was not because John <laughs> wore me out, but because we really did. I think a, a pretty thorough dive into a whole lot of topics that are challenging. And so, you know, the the lesson for us as we hear John talk and share his thought on the tree of life, he has firsthand experience with interacting with the tree of life. He has given himself to be a student of, of prayer, a student of scripture, a student of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's what it's going to take for any of us. And, you know, I, I think we all would acknowledge, and, you know, if you've listened to many of the podcasts, I've spoken a lot to the notion that many of us struggle. And I just read these statistics about where many of us are, It's interesting to me, John, that so many of us will lean into, even as it says in Scripture not to do. I think it's Luke 8, you know, um, uh, Luke 8, about what, 12 through 14 or 15, where Jesus himself said that when the seed fell among the thorns, it was the cares of this world and the pleasures of this life that stole the seed away from a good and noble heart. And I, I go back to that a lot because I think we, we missed the, the point here that to get connected to the vine, you know, you can have the best seed. I think I did tell you that story about a friend of mine who sold seed, right? He said that when the seed didn't produce, it was almost never the seed because the seed was such fine seed. Well, if the seed is God's word, it will never fail. But often our hearts do, right, John? I mean, it was, our hearts fail, we get distracted, we get, we get, uh, what else, what, whether we're um, I don't want to say confused, but we get disoriented, right? I, on some level, um, we, we believe in our own understand, we lean and it says lean not on your own understanding. All my ways acknowledge you and I will direct your paths. And he has certainly directed yours and continues to. Sure. And that's demonstrated by your testimony. The fact that you're now, in fact, John, talk about a step of faith. John left his, his, um, uh, seven-year position with a church here in St. Louis as the youth pastor. Am I saying that right, John? Yeah, over middle and high school. Yeah, middle and high school with the desire initially. Well, tell that story. You left there with a desire, feeling like the Lord was leading you to get this Ph.D., but you wanted to get the Ph.D. where, and you could take it from there.
1: Yeah, sure. I um, had worked in student ministry for a while, and I loved my job. The church was great, um, but I, you know, again, these conversations, these, these you know, that I'm having with students and the Q and A's and the questions, um, I, you know, I'm getting older and that's a reality that everyone has to, to deal with. And so as I'm getting older, I'm getting further and further away from middle school and further and further away from high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And while I still have, you know, things that I can offer them um, my own personal journey, I like to have conversations with, you know, college age students and, and adults and um, people that, not that college age students aren't adults. Right, I right. hear you out there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like to have these these conversations. And so um, I just felt as I got older and older, I've become less interested in, um, you know, staying up overnight for lock-ins and uh, really, really breaking Deep, deep concepts down to uh, you know a basics understanding level. Bite size, yeah, bite size understanding for a middle schooler. Sermons needing to be you know less than fifteen minutes. So I, I just wanted to as a as a personal step forward. I wanted to take you know steps into teaching, um, and and having conversations with you know people who are personally wanting to to develop their faith more. So more of discipleship type things, um, for, you know, high school, college age adults. Um, and so as I'm just personally growing through that, I'm, I'm, you know, continuing my education, learning more. Um, I, I think ultimately my goal would be to be, you know, a professor somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so just was trying to think, okay, so if that's the goal, you know, what are the steps to get there? Well, one of them is you you pretty much have to have a PhD. That's kind of, that's kind of a requirement, um, for anything above adjunct work. Um, and then, yeah, just what is some practical, um, things that I can do in the meantime while I'm working on my PhD to learn how to teach older students better. So how can I learn how to teach adults and college students? So, yeah, so I was looking at PhDs over in Europe. I like the way they structured some things over there. I had a couple of my master's professors that did their PhDs over there. Um, Mm -hmm. but it really just came down to you know, finances and when I could start that. And so um, I went with Liberty. Uh, it's a great school. Oh, I can, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I can do it online, which is nice because I can live anywhere. And so, um, yeah, right now I'm just looking for, again, a job that would give me kind of practical experience teaching college age, young adults, adults, um, this sort of stuff. Having conversations like this yeah, over yeah. coffee with people and helping them take steps in their own understanding of. The Bible of God of Jesus and just growing, you know, in their faith, and so that's kind of my passion.
0: John, John is a is an absolute living example of uh, being connected to the vine. So, so John, kind of, if you would, you know, I want to bring it back to that. Of course, I, I like these little, you know, side uh, trails we've little taken, anecdotes. just to yeah, to talk about. Okay, so how do you how have you practically experienced the tree of life in your own life? And and we talked about that, but. Well, how would you advise, I mean, I, I, I love, you know, you, you've gotten this from me. You certainly, I'm, I'm just, um, enamored with your connection. It's beautiful. It's so awesome. And it's my heart as, as a a lay leader, minister of the gospel to really see all of us get there. And, um, what would you say are some, I mean, you know, we know the practical things, oh, you got to read so many minutes, you know, whatever, but but even beyond those practicals, I mean, I, I've observed that uh, I think the one-year Bible read, for example, can be used against us if we yeah. focus on just getting through the reading. But what I what I think you've done is it's just like a fruit tree. You know, you can't enjoy the benefit of a, any fruit tree unless you eat of the fruit. You have to eat of the fruit. Talk to me just a little bit about that, how you've done that. You've, you've identified for us this tree of life that not only was God the tree of life, and there, but He's made us a tree of life, right? We're to be the same. You gave us some, an illustration yeah. We're partners. Two, we're partners in this yeah. thing. So He's the so, vine; we're the branches. Yeah, we're the branches. <laughs> but as as you have developed your own tree of life, what has really is is there one piece of this that you could say is sort of the key to what you thrive in? You know, I mean, I yeah. I mean, am I, mean, I, I saying that very clearly?
1: Well, I have thoughts. I mean, obviously. Um, I said earlier, and I do mean that. Um, not everyone should be a biblical scholar, right? That is a very and, niche. and that,
0: of course, is not what we're talking about here. From my, I just want yes. the audience. to yes. know I'm just talking about having this, this yeah, and sincere love for the word and a desire to know God in a deep and, exactly. and intimate way. This is what really yeah. challenges. And me so, about. so
1: not everyone has to go unbelievably in the weeds and detailed when it comes to their faith and their reading of scripture. I think that is, is too much for most people. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't need the word of God in their life. Um, and so there's, you know, two extremes, there's nothing and there's way too much. Um, I think what's helpful if everyone is, you know, cause everyone has their own interests, you know, you listeners have probably your hobbies that you like, you have mm-hmm. the location that you live and the restaurants that you like and the people that you regularly see, um, whatever, whatever is contextually interesting to you. Um, and maybe some things that you have questions about, um, I would just start a running list. I would just, you know, if you come mm. up with a question of like, no, I don't understand why the pastor at my church said that thing. You know, write it down. Or, hey, I had a friend when I was at the coffee shop. They asked me this question, and I had no idea what that was. Um, and just come, and maybe you have your own questions as you've have, you've lived your life or you have family. Um, but, but start a, a running list of questions, um, and then either take that to someone to kind of work through those questions, with you um, if you feel like completely out of your depth um, or take advantage of you know some of the online resources that are completely free like the Bible Project has tons of great helpful explaining videos Um, and there's you know there's lots of places online that you can you know Google and find good resources Um, but yeah find the things that are are start by finding what's interesting to you Mm -hmm. Um, and that is going to unlock you know first off you're more likely to do it if it's interesting to you um, one of the things that's bad about something like you know, reading the Bible in a year is, it, you know, there's there's parts of Scripture that, especially if you don't have a background in understanding why it's so repetitious and so, you know, what is with these genealogies, um, it can it can be a chore. And it in you know things that are difficult to us, we we tend to avoid. And so, um, start with the things that are interesting to you. Come up with maybe um, some some questions that you could explore. Um, start there, or, or Make a, you know, maybe you and your friends want to do that together. Make it a, a small group um, discussion because these things are also usually more fun with other people. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would just say start simple. Don't don't go into it thinking that you have to be um, a, you know, super smart Bible scholar. Just what is, pr- you know, my first degree was practical theology. Uh, and I did that because I wanted theology to be practical. I wanted... um you know, my faith and my life and the integration of those um, to be things that were helpful and livable. Um, that I, I, you know I don't have really a lot of interest in things that are pointless or have no, no assistance to other people. The reason I do what I do is to put it into practice and to help other people. Wow, you know, that's why we do it.
0: You know what I an underlying theme to all that, John, is you're intentional. this notion of intentionality. You know, I, I, I kind of summarized as he was going along. I'll, I'll just throw these three or four or five things out that he said that I just made notes on. The first thing he began with beyond what he just shared with us was he had this hunger to understand, a, a deeper understanding. He he didn't want the, the, the child answers. He was getting to the point where he didn't want the simple. It just is because it is. He wanted to understand on a deeper level. So he hungered, and then he found satisfaction in that hunger, the hunger was fulfilled through being satisfied with what he was beginning to learn. So the second one I, I just took away from him is he discovered what it was to be satisfied and really satisfied in the Lord, which drew which drew him to a deeper place. And then he he discovered that he enjoyed learning, and 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 then he then that that brought him to a place of wrestling with life's issues. I mean, these are all we all kind of go through these John these same sort of steps. But he found in his life issues that he really wasn't in his life issues. He wasn't particularly satisfied. But he did find deep satisfaction in knowing and being known by God, being connected to the vine. That, that's that's what's so critical here. the 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 theme of this particular podcast is, you know, we talked about it. It's, he is the vine; we are the branches. And he says that he he says of himself that he will prune uh, those pieces of, of the vine, the branches of the vine that are not productive. And he's discovered what it is to be productive. But also he has hungered and thirst, which we know there's a scripture that says if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we will be we will be filled. Um in in Psalms thirty-four eight it says, Trust and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. John, it sounds to me like you've taken refuge in him and you continue to, and you've found great joy there. And so what would you say is, you know, from your experience, what is the um, single greatest takeaway for you? I mean, what keeps you coming back for more? What, what is it? You know, I mean, uh, yeah, enlightenment I mean, let me say revelation.
1: Let me say a few things. Because I, I think yeah. one of the things that can help us all um, is so many people are scared of having a uh, this probably the wrong term for it, but like spiritual conversations, they're scared to talk to other people about their faith. We've, we've privatized it in America that this is your own personal belief system, mm-hmm. um, and as long as you don't bother anyone else with it, then we're good. Um, but, but that actually misses the entire point of a community of faith, of a community of learners, of you know the the, the scripture. Um, by and large, is meant for groups of people. Uh, this is a even just in the language; it's almost always plural. It's almost always talking about multiple people, and it's meant to be read aloud and listened to and interacted by a bunch of people. So, if you know if you've never engaged it with other people, um, you're missing uh, the the method. You know, the method of how you are supposed to engage these scriptures, which is communally. Um, And so I would say that, and I would say that in my own life, the moments that I've walked away, you know, whether it's in tears or um, just deeply moved or because I've had conversations with other people um, without, you know, what, usually they're asking me questions just because I Mm -hmm. work in that profession. Um, But, you know, sometimes I'm asking them questions and I'm just moved by hearing God through them. You know, I you know, and, and that's I think the idea that when we're the hands and feet of Jesus, um, we're also by and large His mouthpiece. And are mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. producing fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and good? You know, are we being um, trees of life for each other, even within Christianity and especially mm-hmm. beyond it? And so when I've when I've experienced communal faith. Uh, you know, a community of people that are, are caring and, and, you know, even you guys this this week, you know, you saved us, I mean, well over a thousand dollars just by letting us stay here for a couple of days. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. hospitality. That's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. And um, we feel blessed by that. And so um, as you're living your life, whether you're a math teacher or you're, you know, a mailman or whatever you do, you are, you know, I'm maybe mixed metaphors here, but biblically speaking, our our role is to be you know priests. We are to be mm-hmm. representing mm-hmm. God to the world and representing the world to God. We're these intermediaries, and so um, as a tree of life, which is pulling from the root system, pulling from mm-hmm. the 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 blessings of God, we are to produce you know God fruit, godly fruit for the world. Um, you know, whatever you're doing, how how in those moments can you spread? love and joy and, 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 peace and, and grow, uh, you know, a garden of Eden around you. Mm-hmm. you know, how can you build the world into, uh, a world that's worth living, that's worth sustaining, that's a garden that's worth continuing to cultivate, um, instead of just having to burn it down. Cause you've, you know, we've made a mess of things. And so, um, yeah, I think I like to be more positive on where we're at and I like to, um, encourage, you know, that sort of fruit bearing, you know, that we, um, we are producing good fruit and that's, that's our call. And so, um, yeah, that I've seen that in my own life. I've, I've experienced it. Um, and those are the, the moments in my own story, you know, obviously haven't mm-hmm. shared a lot of these cause it's a shorter period of time, but mm-hmm. the moments in my own story that stick out the most are moments where I've experienced someone else just pouring out God's love and mercy, um, on me. And it's usually, be, you know, it's even m- more so impactful when it's not deserved.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. I, I wish y'all could be in here in the studio with me or even around him for the last three or four days, because it really is, it really is amazing. He's, he's beyond his years in understanding this. And this comment is not meant to build him up. Although I hope it does build him up because he's been an incredible source of encouragement to me, even in the few brief moments, hours, you know, um, minutes that we've had to visit while he's here. Um, But this should be, I think, which flows from every one of our hearts as believers. You know, there should be, when people look at us, John, I think you would totally agree with this, they should see Jesus and they should see life. They should sense that we will be a source of life if they will come to us. And it's it's not because we are little Jesuses, it's because we're connected to the vine, that's why this scripture in, in Jesus's analogy, the vine and the branches. I am the vine; you are the branches. You know, um, we cannot do this alone. And John you know, showed us here. You know, I didn't give him but a few minutes to share that because I really wanted you to hear more of his heart, his own testimony. But this thread of the tree of life that is from the book of Genesis all the way through to now, and it will be for eternity. That we are, we need to be connected to the tree of life. And, and that we are to, to bear life as the tree itself bore life, right? Am I saying that right, John?
1: Yeah, I, I was going to read even life this. Life purveyors, go ahead. This, yeah. you know, this is the end. This is Revelation 22, um, where you see the final trees of life, you know, in the in the scriptural arc. Obviously, this continues on in us, uh, in the body of Christ. But, you know, it, it talks, it's giving this, you know, it's very poetic, but it's this idea um, You know, in the throne of God and the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, Mm. um, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And then there's this line, it's the last line in uh, 22.2, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, or the Mm. Greek ethnos. Um, You know, so it's, we are to be healers. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and and that can look so many different ways. But I think um, if we lose that image as we're trying to image God, as we're trying to be, you know, Christian, little Christs, you know, as we're trying to be people of God, um, if we lose that mission that we are supposed to be coworkers with God, that God is wanting to partner with us in the healing of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, whatever that looks like contextually for you, um, I know for me, I want to live into that identity. I don't oh, do it beautiful. perfectly, yeah. but um, yeah, so that's the that's the calling is, our, you know, God wants to partner with us in the healing of the world. And so what can oh. we do oh. practically to actually do that?
0: Yeah, well, that's powerful. Uh, you know, I, one of the things that I think John has done a lot of, he didn't necessarily mention it here, and I know I've done a lot of this, is that I've meditated on the word God, uh, the Word of God day and night. I've not let it leave from my eyes or or from my heart or from my reflection. And John, the same way, we cannot get there unless we're willing to to acknowledge it for what it is. He is the tree of life. He is the vine. Apart from him, we can do nothing. You know, Galatians 2.20 means so much to me. And I think that's in a way, a roundabout way, we've been speaking of that. It says that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live on, I live by faith in the Son of God. That says so much. And, you know, if we can do that, we can be that leaf. We can be that fruit. We can be that aloe. We can be that healing ointment. We can be, we can really represent the fruit of the spirit. Well, John, you know, it's been, it's been great having you on the podcast today. I mean, I, these podcasts are hard. You know, you, it's hard to, to get everything in that you might want to get in. I, I'd love to have you back sometime. If I have him back, he's going to have to do it by way of uh, Bluetooth. I think that's what you call it, right? Is it internet. It? Yeah, or the yeah. internet. Yeah, but I'd love to have you back on sometime. It's just wonderful to break bread with a brother that really is advanced beyond his years. It's very, very encouraging me, to, John, to see where you are. It gives me great hope. I, Listeners, I hope it gives you hope to know that you too can, and again, to John's point, we're not all going to be theologians, but if we can all taste and see that he's good, if we can all experience the freedom of the Spirit, if we can all... It, he says, Jesus himself said, it's for freedom that I've set you free. And yet so many of us walk in a, in a place of being bound. And um, if if we're bound, we're losing the battle, and we don't have to be in that place. We can experience victory and true victory. So, well, I guess I want to say for today, uh, thank you so much for listening. John, thanks for so much for coming into the studio to yeah, do no this worries. with us. Loved having you here. Um, I would like to invite you to visit our website at, at lifebeyondthesummit.com. And you can, uh, wherever your platform will allow you, we would love you to follow us or like us online. In the meantime, I want to say, God bless you. You know, plug into God, plug into his word, be a person of prayer and discover the truth that can set you free. Until next time, God bless. And we'll see you at the next podcast.